What's going on, y'all? It's your boy JT007. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in to This Is America, the mini-series. This is the finale, the closure, part four of This Is America. Thank you so much, y'all. I really appreciate everybody that's been tuned in. Really appreciate everybody that's been checking with me, touching base. Yo, Josh, where's part three? Where's part two? I'm ready. I'm already done listening. Like, I'm loving the episodes. Like, I really, really appreciate the feedback, y'all. Like, I really can't stress it enough. I'm not just saying that just to say it so y'all keep doing it. I really appreciate it. Like, that really helps motivate me. And, like, at times where I'm getting lost in my own life and sometimes the podcast isn't the first thing on my mind when somebody shoots me a text like that or hits me up in my comments on my IG or on Facebook or DMs me on any of my social media platforms and is checking in about the podcast or giving me feedback on an episode they just listened to. Like, that really, really helps fuel me and motivate me. So I appreciate everybody doing that. On this episode, uh, part four, we're going to be talking about change what's necessary to bring about change with everything going on we touched on police brutality we touched on growing up in america we touched on raising black children in america we touched on a lot of different topics and now i feel like it's important that we talk about the healing process what we can do to move forward what's that change we can bring on so in this episode you'll still hear from latasha jill dart and misha but you'll also hear from a new guest her name is Kay. Um, she wanted to keep her identity concealed, so we won't disclose her actual name. But just know she does work for a prominent organization here in Indianapolis, too, as well. Um, that was something we also wanted to keep concealed just so her message wouldn't be misconstrued or for the aggregator purposes. And people start trying to say this is what the organization was trying to say or this is their stance on everything going on. And this is just her message. So wanted to keep all that concealed, but just know she does work for a prominent organization here in Indianapolis that... Very, very important to what's going on to this conversation. So just sit back and enjoy. Hold on. Let them finish. Hold on. Let me 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 finish. What do you think is necessary to bring about change? I would say what's necessary to bring about change is just... I just really want police officers and civilians to just literally come to an amends. Like, the police officers, if if they line up in their riot gear and just take a knee to say, you know what, we... We respect what you guys have, what you guys are saying. We're we're not here to harm you. Like just literally sitting up there being apologetic about what it is that they've done. And then if the police officer that killed George, like I I don't wish anything upon anybody, but I just he needs to be locked up. He needs to. And I feel as though they charged him, right? They charged him, but the thing is having charges and you going to court doesn't mean he's yeah no i'm just saying like because it, it could be acquitted no you're definitely correct so but just right. having it pleaded out he may yeah. never see a jail so he may just do probation yeah and the thing is just really having him be the example like you know what 
not like he he did something bad. So he's going to have to do time for it. And I think that'll really kind of sort of ease everybody a little bit more because they're so used to seeing police officers get acquitted mm -hmm. or just sit up there getting paid leave or something like that. Like, to be honest, this is the first officer that I've actually seen, like, where it's been pretty rapid and they haven't just been threading along. Honestly. So, I mean, I feel as though it's going in the correct way. I mean, personally, I think it's it's not going to be just one thing. It's going to take several things. Mm -hmm. um, I think definitely, and I know the police say, you know, they change or add things to their, their trainings and um, different testing and stuff like that, too. But it's going to take, like, a total... You know, justice reform, like it's gonna. Mm -hmm. They have to do a one eighty. Yeah, like, and I mean, for them specifically, like, try to recruit more cops. Try to be when you're in these neighborhoods. Like, I need to see instead of like you know the videos. You know, how you see the videos of cops getting out shooting on somebody's goal or dancing with a big mm -hmm. group of people, something like that. Like these, you know, Caucasian cops, like they need to do more of that in yeah. other communities. Have it be for the right reason. Right. Be, be a cop because you want to help and protect. Right. Not because you want power. Yeah. And like that, that goes back to just people. Like mm -hmm. if you're that guy that grew up and you were getting bullied and shit all the time mm -hmm. and now you become a cop and now you got a gun, you got a badge, you got a tape, you got everything else and you feel like you got the right, like you can tell people what to do and they'll listen. Like mm -hmm. now it's your chance to be the bully. And yeah. those are those cops, like, yeah. and so that you know that stuff has to stop too. And we just have to get to a point to where everybody, and that's it's never. I would I hate to say never, but it's most likely I probably won't ever see it in my lifetime where everybody's on an equal playing field, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's not about oh you're black, so you're probably gonna steal if I leave you alone in my house mm -hmm. or. You know, you're white, so I trust buying this Apple Watch from you in comparison to buying from this black dude because mm -hmm. there may be something wrong with it from this black guy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Just those little small Yeah, like, you know, that. and, and that's not to blame, and I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, that's not to even blame other people. Like, us as people, we have to do better, too, because mm -hmm. <laughs> some of those examples unfortunately have been firsthand reasons why you do those things is because you've been, been wrong in the past you know based mm -hmm. on that you know what i'm saying and some people have been taught that you're correct mm -hmm. so but yeah i just feel like overall we really have to look at ourselves and see what it is we view how we view people what are our goals what are our purpose in life and how we want to leave an impact on the world to start doing better um but yeah, you have any closing thoughts? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, no, I don't really have any closing thoughts. Just everybody, like, I cannot be more adamant than this. Please go vote. If you are not registered to vote, please register to vote so we can absolutely change this to get somebody in office that is going to be more understanding of us and be an actual one for any and every. But what do you feel like we can do to start moving, move towards that goal? Like I said, taking the right steps to get to where we want to be. Uh, in my opinion, I think, as I stated before, we have to have a clear plan. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to try, try to 
change the system within the system. Um, it's not a just system. We, we know this. That's stating the obvious. But how do we change it? How do we change laws? How do we vote in a way that it makes a difference? How do we get those who don't understand that voting matters, for example, if we're just going to talk about voting. How do we get the message out in a simplistic way, not because we're not smart, not because we can't get it, but how do we get it in a way that's, okay, this is an action step that you could take and it's empowering. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what helped me, because I was part of the segregation system. I would say, I think second through fifth grade, I was bused 45 minutes away from my home. I was one of two feet, black females in three classes. So it was three third grade classes, only two black females. Three fourth grade classes, it was only two female, two black females, you know, etc. I think by the time I got to fifth grade, it was three, it was three black females. But I was always empowered to know that you are somebody. I mean, it sounds so generic and so cliche, but you are a human being, you do have rights, mm -hmm. and you do have the support to stand on these rights. And I think that we have to empower our people and we have to give them certain steps. Tell us, tell them, tell us what we need to do, who we need to contact, what we need to write, where we need to show up. And, and then we had to keep it consistent. Absolutely. We had to stop reacting and be proactive. Consistency is key. Until we see that this makes a difference all the time, not just when one of us ends up dead. This is a humanity issue. This is a difference all the time because the fact of the matter is, and then I'm about to pass it on, the fact of the matter is, is when we do better, when we do great on civil rights, everybody benefits. Yeah. We get better as an entire society, as an entire community. So we have got to have action steps and a clear plan. Yeah. It's true. And then if you have a seat at the table, use your damn seat to make mm -hmm. sure that you are bringing up the next person. So I've heard people talk about lift as you climb. Mm -hmm. Use that. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like, hey, I made it. I'm at the table. It's just me and my people. No. Pull somebody up and teach them the game mm -hmm. so that they can infiltrate that system and change Absolutely. it for generations to come. Yeah. So there's, there's no reason that you should just benefit from it. Me and my kids, we good. Bring up your kids' friends. Bring up your neighbors. Make sure that generations behind them are also learning the game so that we don't get stuck in what's being handed out to us. Pull up is so important. Because mm -hmm. I think we forget that as long as we got our kids cool, we okay, but our kids have to leave our house yeah. and they have to deal with other kids. Yeah. So we don't have that mentality of sharing and growing and pulling everybody up. It's going to be for no reason mm -hmm. at the end of the day, period. So... Because we're doing this for our children and our children's children. So at the end of the day, you know, that's what's setting the bar. So our grandparents and great-grandparents did it for their children and children's mm -hmm. children. So it's our turn to now take the baton and continue to grow it. And it's so important that we, we take a stand without doing it in a way that we're misconstrued as still being... Uh, disrespectful, disgruntled, you know, all those bad adjectives they give African Americans. We're, we're, we're aggressive, but no, we're assertive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, 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 they too smart for the britches. No, we're bold. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's very important that people see us for the positives that we can do in our community and not for those negatives. Because that negative is a small handful. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So don't let that small handful dictate a whole community of people that's actively working and making a difference. Mm-hmm. Hold up, let us finish. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Did you listen, watch uh, Black is AF? Not yet. I saw. I, oh, I saw one I know, that I had shows. What, what do you think about that? I think it's a phenomenal show. Hold up, let me finish while we watch it. Come back to the table and kind of talk about it because I just had a conversation with a young lady yesterday who watches Real Housewives of Atlanta, oh, loving hip hop and shows like that. And I said, remember, it's reality. It's for entertainment TV, which means that some of it's real, but TV means. Entertainment, entertainment purposes. But with some so people, there's some things that are lagging. They know. In real and so, life. Yeah. As social media, the TV shows that people are watching, they're giving us the wrong impression of how we're supposed to be living and what we're supposed to be doing. And you see all these people at the top of the rung, but you don't see all of us climbing up the rung. And it's unfortunate that you're now chasing all this celebrity status when we got quote unquote celebrities in Indianapolis. We got people that's been humping, working yeah. their asses off to make sure Indianapolis doesn't fail, mm-hmm. doesn't fall. We got some really great, phenomenal African-American people in our community. And I hate that they look at the celebrities and now they're comparing themselves to that. But I think as the people, like the old saying says, um, goes, is when um, evil will, evil will flourish, evil will get out of hand as long as good people sit down. And I think that we have been, um, I think we have been chilling for way too long. Yeah. Because we just think that it's common sense. Mm-hmm. But it's time for the everyday, decent, I'm say American citizen uh, to stand up. And I'm talking about us because we are American citizens. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think about it, the fact is we live in America. We are American citizens. Um, but I think when a, when we get off, when we it's time for us to stand up and demand better because we have let this dictate our narrative they are dictate our stereotypes are dictating our narrative yeah and so it's time for us to get up and like now come on now it's really not like this everybody has this place uh let's bring shame back in the game because once upon a time you was ashamed to do some of the things that you're doing now yeah. mm-hmm. take that stuff to the back alley where it belongs because it's always going to exist let's not let's not you know let's pretend let's mm-hmm. be real but it belongs in the back alley in the corner in the shadows and let's highlight our our graduates, or let's highlight our people who's working hard every day. Let's highlight our mothers who's who's making it. Let's highlight our daddies who's involved in our kids' life. Mm-hmm. They they don't get the highlights. The only thing that gets the highlights is uh, little JoJo shot little Bobo. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, how many little Bobos do we know? Mm-hmm. And if you are in a, a position where you know a whole lot of little Bobos, what are you doing to change that? Right? Are you accepting little Bobos' behavior? Are you excusing it? Well, that's just how he is. You know, his daddy was such and such. No, let, let, let's give little Bobo some hope, some changes, uh, uh, opportunity. I expect you to do better. You're going to do better because I expect you to do. Sometimes we live up to our expectations. And, and when you know better, you, you do better. I'm going to show you black excellence. Period. So that you know that because this group was able to do it, you can do that too. Whatever Absolutely. your dreams and hopes are, I'm gonna make sure that you have access I'm to them. Some that. of the smartest minds I've came across were standing on the corner street. Mm-hmm. They just didn't make the right choices or wasn't given the opportunity to make the right choices. Mm-hmm. Brilliance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look Brilliant. At, we talked about it earlier. Look at all And I'm the, talking about without books. Inventions. Without books. So yeah. imagine if you threw books on top of it. Brilliance. Yeah. 
And so I think we get ignored because of our race, and that's unfortunate. But I think, too, don't look down upon the people that are making it. Because one of the things I know adds to our trauma and our confusion is that when our our counterparts, our so-called brothers and sisters, go to college, and they do better for themselves, and they start businesses, and they do these things, don't be like, who she thinks she is? Who he think he is? He think he better. She think he... You know what? We can all do it. Support us. <laughs> but don't allow them to condition you to think that we doing this to be better than you. Mm-hmm. No, we're doing this to be better than them. Right. And we have to work 20 times harder. We so, have the same degrees and still have to work 20 times harder. I can't, I can't wear my hair a certain way. Mm-hmm. It took me forever. I'm natural. It took me forever to decide to grow locks. Because I was worried about what the white people might think about me. Because of all my degrees, I was worried that they might not see the potential of me being a great asset to their team. Then I said, you know what? It is what it is. My hair is just my hair. Mm-hmm. So we have to think about who we are and how but, we carry ourselves and but, not put each other down. But, but does Karen have to worry about her hair? Nah, Karen ain't got to worry no. about her hair. But it's you unfortunate. Like, we we have to worry about so many things. Like, and I think I, it's like, often overlooked. Like, I got to worry about my hair. So, I mean, so, Dar... I got to worry about what I wear. So, I, Dar, what do, you, what do you feel like we need to, to bring forward that change right now during everything that's going on? What do you feel like... I mean, outside of the, the looting and rioting right now that's going on, what do you think needs to be done to really implement some change? Well, like, uh, straight up, looting and rioting is not going to affect change. Like it's not like it, it's gonna be reaction. it's gonna be some cats gonna be mad for tomorrow. It'll be some cats. So like, like one of my favorite movies, and I'm not just saying that because it's still uh, relevant to this day. But one of my favorite movies is Do the Right Thing. At the end of like the last twenty minutes to do the right thing is a riot, and then after the riot, it's the next the day after the riot and and like Sal is like yo Mookie y'all burnt my pizza down y'all burnt my y'all burnt my pizza establishment down what I'm gonna do you know what I'm saying so now so all these black people got mad because it's essentially this it's it's not essentially it is the exact same thing that happened so do the right thing comes out in 1988 and in 2020 George Floyd gets murdered by the police and do the right thing. Radio Raheem is choked out with the Billy Club. Mm-hmm. In 2020, George Lloyd is choked out by a knee. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's pretty much the exact same thing, and you pretty much got the exact same thing, the same result. Minneapolis burnt up. Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, burnt up. So. Your question is, how do we change what's going on right now? And the only way that happens is if like-minded people find a like-minded leader and elect that individual into office. I know it sounds cliche. I know it sounds crazy. And black people don't want to vote for whatever reason. I don't know if I don't know if, if these grandparents and great aunts and great uncles didn't tell the people my age to go vote, but my parents told me I gotta go vote. 
Like, they took me to go vote before they took me to get my driver's license. Like, that's how important voting is to my parents. When I was going to school in Michigan, I didn't change my voter registration. My mother made sure I came home to go vote. It's like she called my professors and was like, yo, she called my basketball coach. She's like, yo, Dart's not gonna be Dart's not gonna be at Super Tuesday, Dart's not gonna be be in Benton Harbor, Michigan. He's gonna be in Indianapolis voting. That's how important voting is to me. And if you're black or if you look like me, you ain't gotta necessarily be quote unquote black because at the end of the day, and this is another unpopular opinion that I have for black people, um, I'm not an African American. Because at the end of the day, I've never been to Africa. I could be, I could be Dominican. I could be Puerto Rican. Like I don't, I don't necessarily know my lineage. So you're not gonna just throw African American on me just because that's what you want to do. I'm an American citizen at the end of the day. I'm an American. It is what it is. White boys ain't walking around talking about I'm Polish American. Nah, white people out here talking about yo. Like white people out here talking about yo, I'm an American. They don't want to black people to think of themselves as Americans. Exactly. Because like, that's what Americans want. I'm not American. No. Such, but we built this country. No, like I like I like like I got I got cousins and uncles and aunties that built this joint. Like I'm an American at the end of the day. Yeah. And and looking at my hair, I'm probably got some Dominican in me. You know what? But it is what it is. But at the end of the day, man, it's like, yo, like I'm I'm a black man. I live in America. It is what it is, and, and y'all not go like make me or force me to do some shit or say some shit. I'm not gonna say like. But just imagine if the same pride that individuals take over a rented, because most of the time they're rented pieces of property. They don't even own them. So imagine if they take that same pride over their rented piece of turf, that block. They take it for their country. Yep. This is my stuff. I built this stuff. Uh, my forefathers de- died, bled, cried for this country. If they got that mentality, then they would expect different. But it's also, like you are, if you own a home, you expect certain things that right. a renter doesn't yeah. expect. Right. That's just like one of the projects that I'm working on is taking back the blighted properties the vacant houses mm-hmm. that are in the neighborhood, that are in the hood, before they become gentrified. If I see a new sidewalk coming, if I see a whole brand new development coming that's in the hood, it's going to be some changes real soon. Some changes. But if, if I know that it's in the land bank for $3,500, I'm trying to make sure that I figure out a way to put that in the hands of the Because these plans are in place three to five years ahead oh, yeah. of time. And Just like Hallville. Hogville, Indiana, they already had it yep. in place to change it to West Riverside. No. River West. West River. Si- River West and 1610. All of that development has that been That was in plan for three, four, four, five years. Yes. And so, if you go to Renew then, Indianapolis today, you'll see West so River. many different mm-hmm. lots that are listed for $3,500. For nine thousand dollars, houses that are sitting there for two thousand square feet, not three thousand square feet. We can turn our neighborhoods Give around. Give a couple years, and, then, and it, it, it was crazy. But it goes back to what we say all the time: strategic movement Absolutely. on their part. We don't do it. I'm sorry. What? No, not only do we not do it, we don't know. 
Yeah. So but what's crazy to make sure that we're at those tables where they're talking about, and then those who was know, like I said, we've all been everybody they know propaganda, everybody right? know. So every, so those of us do know. Yeah, and hold it on to it yourself. It's enough of it's a pie many, for everybody it's, to eat. It's, it's too many black people here. I don't want nobody to know. So like, so what? So what Misha's saying is like, so like gentrification is not bad. The issue becomes when you don't allow everyone to get involved in justification. Mm-hmm. So for example, like I'm not I'm not gonna get Josh's address, but he lives in an area where justification is coming. So I'd be foolish to not tell Josh, hey man, like yo, you should probably try to buy your crib. Mm-hmm. You should try whatever you gotta do, you try to buy if you can't buy the crib you living in Get the lot next door. That's right. Because that shit's coming. Or just get a lot because you can sell a lot for a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, like it's coming and it's it's not a bad thing. It it becomes bad when you don't allow everyone to get involved in that shit. So that's I, and I think that's the narrative that that's painted and it's terrible. So do we it's need like, an organization <coughs> that's strictly about public awareness? Yeah. About yes. just strictly about this is how you change laws or this is what's coming up yes. on the books yes. so or hey watch out for this yep. yes and so we just need a, a public awareness a public advocacy just to black people black people need to have a, essentially a Dewey Decimal system so they're like yo I can holly at Jill for XYZ I can holly at Josh for XYZ I can holly at Misha for XYZ and now they know because at the end of the day sometimes for, for as Hard working as we are as a people, sometimes we'd be super lazy. Because yeah. I'll go back to, you know, to to my parents and they'll be like, you know, Dart, can you can you program my, my iPhone? Well, you got internet just like I got the internet. <laughs> why why I gotta program your phone? It's just easier because because you're younger than me. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can't do it. Oh, okay, well, then I'll call my granddaughter, and then she'll get it all done. But that speaks to the fact that we do have to have a multi-generational approach exactly. to change. Definitely. So exactly. as we're talking about how can us as you know the middle age or the middle bracket of citizens be able to buy properties and change it, I'm looking at the kids, too. Mm-hmm. How can I teach these teenage boys a skill or a trade today so that they can better prepare themselves to be in the workforce and so they can have money in their pocket where they don't have to make bad decisions. That's why I pour into organizations well, like Before You Fall. How do so we they can make sure that they're teaching boys but how do we how to get, keep from how do we get all these boys to not tell your mother, Jill's mother, Josh's mother, Josh's auntie to shut the fuck up when they want when they want to correct them when they're doing some things they shouldn't be doing out in the community. So how do, how do we at, do that? When I look at the boys that are part of that's the organization it. that I they, support, they'll right say now, that they will. But you can't stop. But you that's how they were raised. But, but, but when I but when I was thirteen, so the kids that Misha's dealing with, even even the kids that grew up impoverished didn't do that. Because they had a good example. You see what I'm saying? Like so even, my boys, my boys are led. So so yeah, it's not, it wasn't so, accepted. So we're not yeah. talking about we're not talking about a money standpoint at this point. We're talking about yo, like how do we respect and get civic back pride. to the because, respect thing? Because we yeah. cannot. It, it it goes back to who are we letting dictate our narrative? Yeah. So are we letting those who don't know dictate 
those who do know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. those who do know just got to stand firm and got to be just as diligent as and those who pushing. don't know. Yeah. Guess right. what? Okay, little Johnny told me, uh, uh, fuck you, Miss Jill, today. I'm Guess what? Back. Tomorrow, I'm going to still tell you the same thing. Tomorrow, I'm still... And then when Miss jo- when little Johnny wants to get tough with me, I'm hoping that uh, Mr. Daughter be behind me somewhere exactly. backing me up. Yep. And we're not we're not letting you go to the wolves. Right. We're gonna we're, we're fighting for your life, and then that's what we gotta look at. We are fighting for our children's. Yeah. Like I said, when I'm talking about our children, I'm talking about my children, your children. Yeah. When I see your our little village. girl out there by herself, I gotta be able to stand for her just like I was stand for my daughter. Why? Because that's a young lady, that's a young human being, and she's in need. Yeah. And if we're not willing to do that, that's our that's the problem. Like I don't, I don't care about a little kid looking at me crazy. I pulled over the other day. I was like, Lord, what are you doing? But the spirit took over me. What are y'all doing on this corner? Yeah, get up. You and know, that, just that. We, just that's that, that but that's what we need. But, but it's a village. We're a village. Because I, I never, I never forget this as long as I live. As long as I live. So I'm, I'm a freshman in high school, and I'm dating this girl, and. She comes. She comes over to my house. We, we it's summertime. My my parents are at work. She's going over to my house. This is getting cut. And she no, don't keep it. Keep it going. So she comes. She comes. So she comes to the house. She comes to the house, and, and I don't. I don't let her in the house. And she's like, "Why don't you let me in the house?" I said, "Cause I don't know who's watching this house right now, and somebody will call my parents, and I'm not getting no whooping for you. You ain't coming to this house, right?" So, so we, so we literally, so I come outside, and for the next two, three hours, we, we do, we iron on porch, being boyfriend and girlfriend, nothing major, but we outside, because everybody can see us, we outside, everybody can see us, so ain't, ain't, ain't nothing going down. So she goes to the crib and, and, and stuff, and so, I, so, cause my mama get off at three o'clock, you gotta be, you gotta be gone by two, cause I don't know, like, you gotta be gone. Cause Miss Opal gonna yeah, kill her. she gotta be gone. <laughs> So, so I, so I come back in the house. I do what I'm supposed to do for my mama get home. My mama come home and she's like, "Hey, the girl leave the house." I said, "Mama, how you know?" She said, "Miss Clay called me, and told me she saw this little girl on your porch." Yeah, I said, "I said, Mama, I said, Mama, I said that girl didn't come in the house, did she?" She said, "No, nah, Miss Clay said she never walked in the house, but I know she was over here." So, like, we gotta get back to that. And, and but we, you know what? It's hard to get back to that because we live in a culture where don't you tell my son nothing. Yep. Don't you talk to my daughter like that. What the fuck you think you doing by doing X, Y, Z? But that's, that's low-key not even black or white either. Because I just yeah. seen a video today. It's so white woman smacking a white It doesn't matter. People think that they can't teach your shit. But I think the reason why we can't do that is because we've lost respect. For one another. It all boils down to respect. People don't think Miss Hudson, Miss Y, or Miss whoever can give the same leadership that I can give my children. And so as a result, they want to say 90 days before a new habit is recreated. You can tell Miss Opal, Miss Clay, or whomever, or the child that one time. You cannot allow it to dictate how you're going to deal with a child the next time. Because I think the other problem is we deal with people based on our last encounter. We have no idea what baggage they were carrying. 
A child carries an empty backpack when they go to school, okay? So when they first wake up in the morning, if I yell, get your ass up, get your shit together, put that shit in the backpack, and get your ass on the bus, he's already carried a burden in his backpack. So he gets to school, he meet Mr. Wide. Mr. Wide. Mr. Wide is like, good morning, good morning, good morning, son. How are you today? Glad you're here. Okay, let's let's light that backpack up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he see Mrs. Wyatt. Hey, how you doing? How's your sister doing? They're doing great. Lightens the backpack up. They get to Mr. Smith. Hey, you got your homework done? I sent it to you last night. Why didn't you do it? Okay, backpack fills back up again. We have to remember that we are putting the shit on the burden of the children. Yep. Yep. Period. Yeah. Period. To the T. Because it, at the end uh, of the day, yeah. as adults, we are giving them too much credit. I've met children that knows about evictions, repossessions, mm-hmm. job loss. I wow. never knew. I never, I never, I never knew as a kid when my parents was going through That's a change. Tough. Yeah. Yo, uh, the only time I so knew, oblivious. the only time That's I knew is when it was a medical emergency. Other than that, I didn't know my mama had a new job. I didn't know my dad lost his car. Yeah, at least didn't know the paycheck. But he didn't know those things. We are now making friends with our children. And we're not yeah, being responsible yeah. adults. We have to I hold ourselves accountable for yeah, this. Yeah, we're holding little kids as thinking that you're born as little, little adults. adults. You're not little adults. But, They're not uh, little adults. But, they are young. It's a sponge. No, yeah. but, but a lot. If you want your children. A lot of this stems from, and I'm not. And I, could, I and I could be wrong, you know, Jill and Latasha let me know. But a lot of this stem, a lot of this, a lot of this stems from like, you know, women having single single boys and make try to make these boys the man they wish they had. Because I, they, they I, wish they like so so they got this they got this so so that's so Josh. So Josh. So so Josh. So Josh. You don't have no kids, but what, but what I'm saying is, and, and I, don't, I don't and I don't know, you know, Jill's and Josh's history on this aspect. I mean, I'm essentially from a single so parent not, So I'm not. So I'm. But no means am I am I saying this is what they've done as women. But I personally do know some women who have been like, yo, like. I want my son to be this particular way. If I I, that's, not what they're, that's not what they're raising their sons to be. Right. Because actually, they're raising their sons to be the same type of men that they despise or hate or exactly. treated me. But, they're, but I think but it goes saying, back to history. You're a history major, right? Right. Let's take it back to history. Let's take it back to what the black woman has always had to do. We've had Step to protect up. our man True. and make him feel like you're yep. a man at the same time. Exactly. So again, we're again we're asking us to walk two different lines. Exactly. So I think that in our effort to protect our black man, we have gone overboard. And, and that's we, we, and that's why I'm saying we've asked our black men that just we want to protect it. We because the world's gonna harm and the world's gonna do this. But then we set our black women out there. Hey, you but, should be able to handle this. But you, you also be able to handle that. But there are also some some single mothers who are like, hey, yo, like, hey, I need you to do this. I need you mm-hmm. to go out and do this because your daddy ain't here or I don't have a. Well, that part's not this. bad because you so are still a responsibility and accountability. The part but, is, is when you're babying, when but, you're babying your your, your then, black man, but then how your you, child, your but, son. But then how? But then how do you draw that line yeah, is, to, where, you to, where, that to where to where you're person. the mother? You're the that, mother. But you me, know what? It depends how, on the person. But, but if I but okay, okay, for example, how how does how does how does Gloria James? 
tell LeBron that he's not her man. Because you do that in your actions. Because as a single mother of three young African-American men, I cannot raise my children to be men. Number one, foremost, told them that 15,000 times. I can raise them to be respectful, nurturing, protective, be able to cook for themselves, clean behind themselves, but I cannot raise them to be men. Right. Just like the conversation as it started out, I'm scared for my sons when they face a police officer. I cannot teach them how to act because guess what? There's really no prerequisite prerequisite for that because George Floyd didn't do anything wrong. Ahmad didn't do anything wrong when he got shot by those two white guys. Sandra Bland didn't do anything wrong. Hell, I could teach my children a hundred different things, but guess what? The scenario may not look the same for them. Right. I do, as a mom, overcompensate sometimes. I do make sure they're cared for. I do make sure they're nurtured. I do take the extra time to do this because the dads are not doing those things. But I think what's really important for single moms to understand the kids are not our friends. Right. And what? you're not going to be around forever. Your child will have to be, ideally, if, the, if, if it goes as nature intended, your ch- you See, will go before your child. Right. So we're just, we're talking about this, this, this um, scenario. Yeah. Right. So it will be a time when your child will be alive in this world without you. And you, you cannot baby. The skills they need. You can love them, but how do you love them without babying them? Or how do you love them without holding them accountable? And I have two boys and I have two girls. What I have learned to do is I'm not raising you based on your gender. I'm raising you to be a responsible, human, decent human being. Yeah. So the same things I'm teaching my girls, I'm teaching my boys. The same thing I'm teaching my boys, I'm teaching my girls. Now, granted, it looks different when we talk about sexual education, etc. But I don't expect my girls to go out there and carry the world and then baby my boys up to be like well, you, you, they, they gonna mistreat you but, you poor but see, little, that's, you, but you, see you, that's the thing that you that see what we, i'm saying so that we as when i say we as coaches we see it's like and, and so if i if a song if i'm coaching the kid and you gotta and remember I, the I mama probably that. has trauma right so, right. so, so if I see, the mama's probably mentally so, in hell too so, 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 so I, if i see it as a coach i can just imagine Mm-hmm. What the teachers see, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying during during the school day. So that's that's where I was like, yo, like. I mean, what, do you How approach do you, the mothers? Like, can you tell them some things that you see without them getting offensive? No, <laughs> it's not no, because because, because, because my, right. my baby my baby don't do nothing wrong. See, like like the two of you are coming from a rational perspective. Like, yo, this is what this is what we should do. Right. But what I what what I'm saying is some of our problems are. When I say "are," I'm talking about us as a, as a as a community. As a community, it's like yo, like your mother is a single parent, and because because she's so much in love with your father, or or she can hate your father regardless. Or now, she has problems with her father. Now, yeah. but now, but now you gotta you gotta be the man. Like you gotta be the man that I've always wanted. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna dress you like I want you. I'm gonna talk to you like I want you, and I'm gonna teach you how I want to teach you to be the man that but, I. And then we gotta go back to that. But as that learned culture, because let's take it back. You know, my great aunt always said, "Roll back the curtain every now and then. Look back at how far you've come and how, where you might have been." 
Because at the end of the day, most of the moms raising young sons right now, they ain't rolled back that curtain. Right. So they're dealing with mental health issues, trauma, and things they never address because guess what? You crazy if you go to a therapist. Something wrong with you if you go seek professional help. Why would you go tell that lady all your business? What's wrong with you if you think you're going to call those people and tell them that you didn't want to kill yourself? Girl, you must be crazy. As a culture, we've created a a bad feeling about therapy and professional health. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So as a result, we try to deal with the issues ourselves. Well, we see where that has gotten us. And the reason why we think differently, because we were raised differently, we were educated differently, our values are differently. Because every, every person I meet, which is why I call myself a life coach, I have to look behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. I have to follow them home. Which means that I got to look at their upbringing. I got to look at where they've been in order for me to help them with resolutions. They're not going to be like me. They wasn't raised like me. So some of the moms that you are encountering, they haven't looked behind the curtain. Because guess what? This shit's scary. Our success has been placed on tangible items such as our cars. Our rims, yeah. our tinted windows, but, our sound system. Uh-huh. But I also wish. But they live in, and they, but they live in an apartment. But I also. But wish you know what that, I'm saying? Like, where I'm, is the value of living based on the fact that I'm trying to create generational wealth for my and kids trying, and my kids' kids? I got a grant for hundred and fifty thousand dollars that says Breaking if news. you live in public housing. And you want to start an asset-based bank account. I have a match for you. Awesome. That is a three-to-one match. But listen That's to how awesome. hard it is. I have 14 awards to spread that money around. I couldn't even get all 14 of them given away. If you put in $25, I'm going to give you $75. Mm-hmm. Over the course of five years, you can mm-hmm. add that up. Right. You can build towards a house. You can build towards a, a new business. You can build towards purchasing a vehicle, but to me, I was like, "Bet that's easy." Yeah, so I like that. that. But yeah, to, to be up. fair, now yeah. a, a lot of people not, not necessarily know how to utilize that. So right. When you talk about an asset bank account. What does that necessarily entail? So it's it's literally you showing me that you have a regular income, a regular source of income, and having a monthly deposit that goes towards making that one to three match. So that's you put awesome. in twenty five dollars. I need to know that you're going to put in 25 every month. But okay. people don't see it's the value in mm-hmm. building towards having a down payment for a home or having a bank account that grows so that you can purchase a vehicle or those kinds of things. Like, that's that's a whole other barrier that I'm fighting against to say, sis, this is free money. But you know why they don't see it? Because... In our positives that we generally see, there's mm-hmm. a negative. Yep. I got a stimulus check, but now they know what's happening in my household. Yeah. I didn't get all my money for all three kids in my house because Jimmy claimed one of the kids. Mm-hmm. I can't do this because if I do this, then that's going to affect my Section 8. That's going to affect my food stamps and my SNAP 14. benefits. So we are my, what we have to do is we kind of like have to think about if I tell my business mm-hmm. outside of my home back to that what happens in my house stays in my house mm-hmm. now the government knows too much about me now that's going to affect my other stuff that I need to actually live I looked at the poverty standards I 
what I'm saying. How anyone could live off some of that money that they can't make. Yeah. I, I have a best friend that gets food stamps and Section 8. Stood in line all day. That's a full-time job. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, why do y'all make it so hard for benefits that are supposed to help us? They don't want you on them. They, they don't, don't want us. And then that way, because what they'll say is, we tried. We threw a million dollars at the project, but we also threw in a hundred hoops and loops yeah, they have to yeah. go through. A slide that you got to You got to have a bank account. You probably got to have it for a year. Yeah. You can't look like you But then this. that way, they can say, we threw the money at them. They still don't get any better. Now let's redirect this money somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time the end of the grant cycle comes along, they start loosening up. You don't need it because you didn't use all that money. Exactly. And they take it back. They start loosening yeah. up the requirements so they'll get a couple more people in. But then by the time the grant ends, they'll get that money to the state or get a money. It's almost like a dangling carrot situation. They dangle the carrot just enough for you to start jumping at it, but they don't let you get it. Yeah. But I think that's going to have to be word of mouth. Like I said, we're going to have to take the extra step outside of our jobs. And call her friends and call her little social media. Hey, girl, listen, I have this program, blah, blah, blah. Hey, brother man, I have this program, blah, blah, blah. And when I say girl and brother man, I'm not just talking about black. It, Anybody whoever, that qualifies. Yeah, whoever qualifies for it. Because at the end of the day, it's not about uh, it's not about ethnicity. It's really about economics. Mm-hmm. So, okay, hey, this person, do you know this thing? You know, so the same way we post our favorite video, our favorite quote, we're going to continually post that information yeah. and then we're gonna have to hold our friends accountable oh you share when i share you share my stuff when i'm on bs share what i share when i'm on something serious right share we have to hold each other accountable because if we're not accountable it doesn't matter what they're doing outside of us Thanks. and we're not accountable on the inside mm-hmm. and that's all i ever asked for is transparency mm-hmm. and accountability to make sure that we have full access just like the rest of the counterparts do. So that's that's my push. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to This is America, the mini-series. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this. Well, hold on, let me finish. So I really appreciate y'all taking time to listen and staying tuned in, staying locked in to each and every episode I put out. I had a lot more content, honestly, that I could have put out with this, but I just wanted to kind of streamline it Make sure that I hit on what I really wanted to hit on. This is my peaceful protest. Um, this is my chance to highlight some of the topics that I felt like were really important. Um, I was even asked during this uh, miniseries when I was doing some of these uh, episodes and recording with different people, you know, is there a narrative that I'm trying to paint? And I instantly told that person, no, um, I don't want this to be streamlined towards a certain picture or a, a certain image of what this should look like or what change looks like. I thought it was important to get each and every person's expect, uh, first perspective, personal perspective on the topics that I talked about or, or that they talked about and the questions that I asked for this mini series. I really wanted to make sure it was genuine. I didn't want it to feel like that I was trying to skew the conversation or control the conversation because that's never what I wanted. I wanted to make sure if somebody felt like black lives didn't matter, I wanted to make sure they said it so they can elaborate on why they feel like it doesn't because I feel like that's, a, that's important to bring change. We have to be informed. We have to hear each other. We have to listen to each other. And we have to respect everybody's decision, even if we don't like it. You know what I'm saying? If, if somebody disagrees and they're, no matter how egregious their, their thoughts are, their viewpoints are, it's important that we hear that person. It's important that we inform that person. They may not be informed either. 
and that you may be the bridge that can help them get to where they need to be. So that's why I really wanted to do something like this because I felt like it really got people's minds going. I was getting a lot of different texts, a lot of different um, comments, a lot of different DMs about this series. And people were really asking me questions and talking about what they agree with, what they disagree with. And it really started a conversation. And that's what I thought was really important with what we have going on right now. I feel like there's not enough conversations being had. People hear something they don't like and they either stop talking about it or they shut down. It's hard for people to really continue talking. Like for me, if you tell me you don't like black people, instead of me getting mad, my first question is going to be why? Because maybe you experienced some trauma that scars you for life and had you essentially being, you know, discriminatory towards black people. I wouldn't agree with that. Don't get me wrong. But maybe it's me that can help bridge that gap for you and help you understand why that encounter isn't the norm for everybody that you encounter. No different than black people with white people. I've heard black people say they don't like white people. And I definitely ask those same questions. Why? Because, I mean, me, myself, I'm not a racist. I don't. I don't care. I don't discriminate against anybody and whatever they come from or whatever their beliefs are. But, you know, like I said, if I don't agree with you, we're going to have a conversation about it. And that's what I feel like is important right now. We've got to start having these conversations. If we don't, change is never going to come. How do you expect change to happen if nobody knows what what's wrong or what's right? If everybody feels like the way they grew up was the right way, we, we're never going to get anywhere. It's time for us to listen. It's time for us to have these conversations it's important that we hold on and let each other finish. Let's bring this change. Is this America? 